0: Woo-wee, that was a thing. That was
1: a thing tonight as the Bears lose to move their record to 5-2 and two on the season after they get absolutely mollywopped by the Rams. And I know that the final score doesn't look as bad as watching that game felt, but they got manhandled. They got absolutely destroyed by the Rams the finals 24-10 you go oh they only lost by two scores they were marched up and down the field on in the run game if you look at the explosive run plays run plays of 10 yards or more I counted I'd have to go back but I counted seven of them for the Rams in this game the Rams actually had four different players who had rushes of 10 yards or more in the game. Don't worry. I've got candy for the offense. There's some things I definitely would like to talk about in that regard. But I want to talk about this defense. I was having a conversation with Joe Ostrowski. We were discussing this on the radio show. And this defense has done that. Throughout the season, they have given up big run plays to their opponents. And they did it again tonight. They did it again where you didn't have any one of the guys in the Rams' backfield go for over 100 yards. But as a group, they they did damage and rushed for 165 yards. That can't happen. They had 150 at the the end of the third quarter. It was... You saw the Bears get beat up and out by the Rams in this game. You saw them look like the team that had the chip on their shoulder defensively, and I guess they kind of did after what happened to them last week against the San Francisco 49ers. But this was a loss that you can put on all three phases. There's something wrong in every phase of what the Bears did today. The defense, we talked about it. They couldn't stop the run. And the Rams did a good job of trying to keep the Bears off balance by doing all sorts of different stuff and window dressing and moving the pocket and and getting Jared Goff on the move. He was very effective throwing the ball on the run. It made me kind of sad when I was watching it. And the reason that it made me so sad is – I wish that Matt Nagy would have done more of that for Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think that Jared Goff is that good, and I've I've stood by that since he came into the league, and I understand that he's a quarterback that started in a Super Bowl, and they have been mostly good with him as the quarterback of that team. I think that he's fine. I just don't think that he is transcendent, and that's what you need a number one quarterback. And you saw some of the, the throws that he missed Wide open guys, missing them by you know, five yards. And that throws it to Henderson in the flat where they absolutely miss him. It is, uh, that was rough. That was rough to see. But he also made some really good throws and, and let his playmakers make plays. Reynolds, I, I thought, played really well. The running backs played really well tonight. And the offensive line got pushed. When's the last time you felt that a defensive line with Akeem Hicks on it and Khalil Mack got bum-rushed that they were the ones that weren't dictating what was happening in the game? They didn't dictate anything. They were pushed off the line of scrimmage repeatedly all night. And then, when they weren't pushed off the line of scrimmage repeatedly, they didn't tackle well down the field. They didn't put enough pressure on Jared Goff. They got there a couple times, and, and Khalil Mack made the, the nice strip sack, and you're hoping that that would be something that would open them up for that game being a, a closer affair than it actually was. But my goodness, was this game a real rough ride for the bears It's so funny. Like I'm actually looking at the statistics and I'm just now realizing this. The NFL has a stats and informations page that I am looking at while the game is going on. And what they do is when the game is over, they have the box score, right? Of both, both teams they put the team that won in color and then the team that lost is in black and white. It's it's kind of depressing when you look at it and you see that the Bears are in this weird like black and white and the Rams are in full glory in their colors. Anyway, sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to sidebar you there. I just just think that it's a really interesting way to look at things. So let me, let me just say that, that we are brought to you by Mazda of Orland Park, ZoomZoomNation.com. We thank them for their patronage and all the things that we try to do here on the, on the podcast. The Bears have so much work that they need to do. Between now and next week, there is a ton of work for them to, to do. And the thing is, is that we've all been kind of saying that for a while. That they have work to do. That, that this team is incomplete. And now we saw how damaging it can be when your team is lopsided. When your team only has one side of the ball that you feel good about. And, and I was saying before, you can look at all three phases. I've beat up the defense pretty badly. Now let me talk about special teams for a second. Johnny Hecker was one of my picks to click in this game. And he, he did his job by punting and keeping the Bears inside their own goal line for a chunk of this game. The other question that I walk away from this game with is, what's Ted Ginn doing? I get that there are times that you don't want to feel punts. The the, the old adage is you plant your heels on the 10, and if a ball goes over your head, you let it go into the end zone. But that's not where these these punts were landing. He wasn't even fair catching them to save three or four or five yards. He's just getting out of the way and and letting Hecker pin them inside their own 10-yard line. And it happened multiple times. I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Hecker was the special teams player of the week this week. I wouldn't be surprised at all by that. And now we can talk about the offense. Now we can talk about the fact that Nick Foles had to throw the ball again 40 times. No touchdowns, two interceptions. One of them a red zone interception, which feels horrible. You had Leonard Floyd come back in this game and have two sacks and six tackles. The Leonard Floyd revenge game is real. There was never a moment in this game where I even felt like the Bears were catching a rhythm. There was never a moment when I felt like, oh, okay, now they're starting to roll. Now they're going to get it. We ended up again back in the place where the Bears don't score in the third quarter. How, how does that keep happening? There's a lot of, of mirror searching that has to be
0: done by Matt Negi. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He's gotta figure out
1: if he should continue to call plays. He's gotta figure out if maybe maybe if if he's so good, if everyone wants to give him credit for being a head coach, and that that's what he's proven over the last three years, that he understands how to lead men, and they never give up on him. You could make an argument that that defense quit in this game, and I know they got the touchdown for you late, and then Eddie Jackson is like trying to convince guys to dance, and the guys don't want to dance because they're embarrassed because they've given up 165 rushing yards in the game. Matt Nagy has to look at himself in the mirror and be like, am I the right guy to run this offense? And I know that that sounds antithetical because the reason that he was brought in here was to make the quarterback better and to improve the offense. He's done neither of those things. And if you're saying to me that his strength is as a leader of men, then let him lead the men and let someone else call the plays because this is getting ridiculous. It is, it is embarrassing to watch the way that the Bears offense has played throughout this season and particularly how they played tonight. Against a team who I don't I don't think the Rams are that much better than them. I know, and because I'm telling you that the Bears got their ass beat, and then I'm telling you that the team that beat their ass isn't that much better than them. But still, it shouldn't look like that. Nick Foles looked overmatched in this game. He looked to try to make plays where there were no plays to be made. And I guess if you're desperate, that's what you end up doing. But if you look at what the Rams are coming into this game, they are a team that plays incredible second half defense. They hold leads. Their defense has been that good that they hold leads. I think they've done it like 30 times under Sean McVay. That's pretty damn good. And there was no point where you felt felt like the Bears were going to rally. Because a rally would have meant that your offense needed to do something. The the fourth and one call. I I just can't. I I don't know what to tell you. Fourth and one. A pitch play to the short side of the field instead of giving it to David Montgomery. And I understand that David Montgomery is not averaging four yards a carry, but he's the guy that falls forward. He understands the concept of falling forward. And they want to play this horizontal offensive game. Sometimes you just need to line up, put J.P. Holtz or whomever in the backfield, and let's get that yard. Let's stop playing around and going sideways. If you look at the Bears' run game, and I'm not good at math, but they ran the ball 17 times for 49 yards. Over the last four weeks, they have averaged under three yards a carry. I get that they have injuries, and they were expecting James Daniels to be a part of this thing. You have no one that you can run a play over. There's no one that you feel confident running the ball to that person's side, having that person win their one on one battle. Speaking of one on one battles, Roquan lost his one on one battle with Brown in the end zone. And he had been playing, Roquan, I mean, had been playing really well over the last few weeks. I like the way that the the Rams designed what they wanted to do in their run game, but it it was still like god, like you look at the Bears and say why is it that you can't that you can't win some of those battles offensively that your your offense continues to be stunted. There's a lot to answer for here. It's why I I turned a side eye when I heard Matt Nagy and Nick Foles talking about how things are going to get better, Nick Foles has started, what, four games now? And the production that you've seen from him has been dreadful. It's been dreadful. At, at a, you couldn't tell me that you weren't thinking, man, maybe he should go back to Mitch in this game when they're down 24-3. to And I tell you this much, The stuff that Foles has been out there doing the last couple of weeks, Mitch would have been killed for. I'm not saying that you make the move back. All I'm saying is understand what that guy is and what he has been his entire career. You are going to get the Nick Foles that in a game will go 9 out of 9 for 100 yards and a touchdown, and then he's going to go ice cold, and then he's going to make terrible decisions in the red zone and he's going to throw an an interception he's going to underthrow guys that are wide open he's going to not see guys that are wide open and this is the quarterback conundrum that the bears have put themselves in and it looks fine because your team is five and one the whole country all the people that were sitting there going is this team any good they got all the ammunition that they needed tonight to go, nope, they're not. And it's not even a thing of the defense being good enough anymore. They've given up big run games to a, a bunch of different teams this year, and you're expecting them to lock it down. And you can say, well, they're gas because they're doing so much work. Okay, but at some point you have to be prideful in what you're doing and stop the run those guys would probably tell you that there's no defense that thinks that they did a good job if they gave up over 100 yards on the ground. And with as many explosive plays as the Rams had, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that the guys in the Bears locker room on defense are furious at themselves. They're mad at their own performance that they had. And it's going to lead to a lot of questions about what happens now. Because you start looking at the schedule and I think that this, this part of the schedule is really rough for the Bears and the back end of it might be even rougher than we thought it was going to be. You had this game against the Rams. You had to go on the road to, to go play them and I get it, there's no real home field advantage anymore. You still had to travel and you traveled early so that you can get used to playing and you still weren't ready to play. Now you got the Saints on Sunday. I look at Alvin Kamara and I go, ooh, that could be a real problem for the Bears. And then after that, you get the Titans. And the Vikings are on Sunday night. And they're not good. And Matt Nagy has coached really well against them. But Then after the bye, you get the Packers. And that game that's on the end of it, which is the the Lions, looked like a layup. And now, guess what? The Lions are actually playing decent football. I am not here to make you feel better about this. Because I don't think that there's anything good to feel about this particular performance. And on a short week, too, they have a lot of things to answer for. I'll have more on the score at noon for the rest of the week. I promise you that. I appreciate your support for all the platforms that I do. Thanks to Mazda of Orland Park, ZoomZoomNation.com, for their support of this podcast.
0: Bears lose. Bears get embarrassed. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.